one tool that I created as a result of that is this particular question, why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? It's a really important self-awareness question and it sounds heavy and I have to be honest with you, it's more than one question, it's three questions. But why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? So start with what am I feeling? And after you figure out and label the particular emotion and you have self-awareness of the emotion, then talk about, then try to figure out what is the environment that you're feeling in. That's when you feel it. So think through what is the environment that you're feeling it in and then ask yourself, why am I feeling it? A lot of times you'll start seeing patterns of you feeling certain emotions in certain situations and then you got to start asking, why am I feeling those? A lot of times it's because of past experiences. You don't like when somebody talks to you in that tone because it reminds you of when you were a kid or something like that. So that question for me is something that I still use and um, it's allowed me to really minimize, limit, uh, close to eliminate feelings of frustration, irritability, impatience, and it's a very powerful uh, strategy. That's Fernando Flores, and I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do-A-Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. I have an excellent guest. Well, I always have excellent guests. I have a particularly excellent guest today. He's a great guy whose name is Fernando Flores. Fernando is an attorney. He has uh, been practicing trial law and uh, appellate law for a while, which is a very high-stress situation. I mean, think about any of the legal like movies or TV shows you've ever gotten into or have gotten really popular. They're all about trials because there's a lot of drama and stress, and it's not quite like the movies, but it's incredibly stressful. And that's the world that he came from. So he shares his his whole growing up story, what sparked him to get into the law, but then this kind of epiphany he had as he found himself both uh, dissatisfied and and struggling with the overwhelm and the anxiety and the pressure and the stress and the negativity of that world, and also had some medical scares from people around him who he cared about that forced him to look at his life again, how he was living his life, the choices he was making, and maybe a more accurate way to say that is the choices he wasn't making because it wasn't conscious. And what if you did make conscious choices? Would you still make the same ones? And what if you made better ones? What could come of that? Could you actually be a better attorney and be better in service to others? And so that led him down a path that eventually led to him creating something called I Matter Now and the Attorney Heart podcast, which I was on even though I'm not an attorney. Um, and the reason why I'm releasing this episode now, I actually pulled it forward, is this weekend in San Francisco, Fernando has this big conference that he puts together. It's really a, more than a conference. It's a way to spark a bit of life change. It's the I Matter Now conference, and it's for attorneys, for students, for teachers, for really anybody who is in a situation where you know you want better, you want to go down that path, but you're stuck right now, or you're facing the stress, you're facing those tough choices, the, the maybe... Uh, unconscious choices that we end up falling into that take us away from where we're trying to get our life. And you're here as he talks about 
that whole scene, that whole path we go down and how to come out of it, how he came out of it and how he helps coach and guide others to do the same. As I was re-listening to the episode, it just, it overlaps so much with my own message. And I love that um, because it, it helps me see like the applicability of how I'm living and how I'm trying to do better for me and for those around me. It is really broadly applicable. And that's, I think that's the beauty of it. So Fernando obviously has a focus on attorneys and people going down the path of studying and practicing law, but he's quick to point out it's not just for them. Um, you know, that, that's the message with all this is, you know, maybe his message resonates with you. Maybe it doesn't because you're like, well, I'm not an attorney or I don't feel that way. But what's interesting to me is no matter what our situations are, a lot of these tools are definitely universal. And if that doesn't sound cool enough, I'm actually going to be at the conference too. So I'll be speaking there about dealing with overwhelm and how we get trapped in this cycle of feeling the need to do more and how it's actually leading to us not achieving as much as we need to achieve. So the trick is not trying to do more, but actually figuring out how to do less to achieve more. So with that, let's jump into this episode with Fernando Flores. Fernando Flores, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Brian, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, uh, we're just saying, you just had me on your show, or we, we just recorded it. I don't know when any of these is coming out, but... Um, we're, we're hitting back to back and it's good because we've got like striking while the iron's hot. So we're all yeah. charged up on each other's stories, rearing to go. It'll be perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, definitely. So fill us in a little bit on the here and now, what, what you're doing, attorney heart, your coaching work, where are you at today? And then as we always do, we'll, we'll go back in time. We'll dig back into what brought you to that point. Yeah, definitely, Brian. Um, and again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I really like what you're doing and um, any way that I can support, um, I'm here. So right now, I actually wear multiple hats, um, as with many entrepreneurs, right? But the main hats that I wear are a high-performance coach. And I've been an attorney for over 11 years. And I, a lot of my clients are attorneys and professionals who work in very fast-paced, high stress work environments. And so I was a trial attorney and appellate attorney, and I work with that clientele that doesn't necessarily know how to manage stress, mm. that maybe hasn't taken care of themselves holistically, in particular with emotional wellness. Yeah, That component we tend to let go a lot of in the legal profession. And so that is one of the main hats that I wear. I coach a lot of uh, attorneys and professionals in that regard. Um, in terms of podcasting, I have a podcast called Attorney Heart, where I provide a lot of different uh, mindset information related to also how to manage stress, defeat self-doubt, overcome fear, in addition to providing interviews of other attorneys. So I have a lot of uh, prominent attorneys like the, the public defender, the public defender of San Francisco. Mm the head of the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. And I talked to them, like, you know, how is it that you are, you know, working at this, uh, you're performing at such a high levels. What do you do to maintain, you know, wellness in your life? What do you do to maintain balance? And unfortunately, it's just conversations we don't have. And yeah. I noticed that that piece was missing, Brian, in that part, in the profession. And in not discussing it in that way, we, we don't learn from each other in yeah. terms of, Oh man, we just see the end result, you know, but we don't see 
how that person maintains their own wellness to be able to do it day in and day out. And I wanted to extract that so that we learn from each other. And I've gotten, you know, folks that are like, you know, Fernando, I just started my law firm. I'm not taking care of myself. But even then, that is helpful because if somebody wants to start their own law firm, at least they know, oh, it's going to be intense. Let me prepare myself for, mm. you know, the next next months that come as I as I launch. And so that's another hat. And then more recently, my work got a lot of attention in in terms of, uh, you know, basically all the work that I've done, it culminated into being brought on to uh, as a lecturer to lecture at Berkeley Law. And so I'm lecturing there on a class uh, related to really being able to connect with Spanish-speaking clients. Mm -hmm. And so it's taught 100% in Spanish, but I don't just, the focus isn't just about the language. It's really, I'm teaching emotional intelligence in it as well, so Mm -hmm. that you're able to connect with someone beyond just the language. You know, majority Mm -hmm. of communication is, it's, 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 you know, tone. Yeah. Right. It's 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 uh, body language. So I'm really getting into a lot of other uh, ways that you can connect with connect with your client beyond just the language. So those are the main hats that I'm, I'm wearing right now. And, um, you know, I also throw live events. Uh, I can tell you about that if, if you want to know. But that later this year, I'll have the second uh, I Matter Now conference. That's my business. I Matter Now. Cool. And so there's I've got all these questions about. <laughs> when, that, and and I guess we'll, we'll get to them. Um, but I gotta I gotta knock one out now because it's it's burning in my head. When you talk to these people who have reached you know that really successful state, like you know the, the people that you have in your show, um, do you find a pattern with the ones who are at that point? Not the ones who are like starting off on you know starting their firm and they may be very successful, but they're they're in the throes of it right now. But the ones who have made it, do they have? do they have wellness practices? Do they have mindfulness, self-care kind of practices? Or are they just as burning through the the almost like a automatic cycle of stress that you see in a lot of professional services, certainly the law profession? That's a great question, Brian. And honestly, like from now that I have the perspective, you know, having done, you know, so many interviews, I, they have some form of wellness practice mm-hmm. in their lives. They, they, they definitely do. And it doesn't all look the same. For some, it's more mindset perspective. You know, I've had interviews where uh, the the president of a nonprofit organization, you know, uh, she tells me, look, I just ended up easing up on myself a little bit more. Mm. I did, I, you know, if I was late to a meeting, I didn't beat myself up as much. Yeah, the self-judgment it, trap. Yeah. yeah, the self-judgment, the guilting yourself, the you know, blaming and shaming yourself. Yeah. Like we do that so much. And, and, and she was just kind of, I'm not going to do that. You know, and that was a form of wellness that she really developed and mm-hmm. has practiced to be able to get to where she's at, because it's incredible, you know, um, in, in, in a decade, she's, she's won one of the biggest like intellectual property trials and, and everything that she's done. It's, it's, it's really awesome. And to her, that's been something that, that has really helped for others. Um, I notice everybody has some form of outlet, you know, mm-hmm. whether uh, one of my um, one of my guests, uh, he does triathlons, but he did it. He started not knowing how to swim. Yeah. And so he'd go to 24 hour fitness and was in the pool and would swallow a lot of water. And then, you know, now, now he's doing uh, uh, half half like Ironman triathlon, wow. you know, or Olympic distance. And I'm like, man, this is this is uh, incredible. Just how much you can 
um, condition yourself to do things that you never once thought possible. Yeah. Right. And then other folks, uh, they have different outlets. Like one, one attorney, he, he loves filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's he, really he just, interesting. Yeah. And, and yeah. he's done a good number of films, short films, and, you know, all related to issues around social justice that he's passionate about, but okay. he just finds a different, uh, component of his of his mind being used yeah it's a different creative outlet it's a different creative outlet you know so so yeah there's there's some form of wellness and um a lot of you know a lot of them do exercise yeah right uh, and do some form of activity but there's also a lot of variety in terms of what they do yeah well so here's here's the problem in a lot of these spaces is everybody has an outlet the question mm-hmm. is whether it's an intentional outlet, A, and B, whether it's a productive outlet. So unfortunately, yeah. uh, you know, alcohol or, or other abuses become the, the outlet, you know, and, and the reality is that never does anything. It doesn't help us grow. It doesn't make things better. It may seem great in the moment, but it always makes it worse overall. And that's the trap. You know, we, we talked when I was on your show that I was in professional services as well with a, a partnership model and... You know, everyone's up or out trying to make it to the next level, incredibly high stress. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, that leads to behaviors that, you know, looking back, maybe that's not who we wanted to be or who we mm-hmm. thought we'd become. And, you know, weight gets put on. And if you go to the doctors, those appointments don't go as well as they should. And, you know, it's not everybody, but that's yeah. that's almost the uh, if you don't go in with intentionality that may be your default. And so the question is then, you know, what do we do to get around that? Yeah. And I have to tell you, and that's such a good point because the outlet that you are engaging in, it might not even be your outlet, really. You're just adopting somebody else's outlet as your own. You know what I mean? And that's why the word that you mentioned is so important, intentionality. Yeah. Right. You have to, every day, you have to be relentless and intentional about one, what values you want to live from. Right. And then those values are going to guide what you want to what you actually want to do in your life and with your life and and really just, you know, keep you on the track that you want to go. Because if you don't choose a track, somebody else is going to choose it for you yeah. without you knowing. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a track one way or the other. Want yeah. to be your own, you know, one of your own making. Exactly. Um, so what about your track? Like what what was your experience getting into the legal profession? living through it, the stress and all that, who did you become? Because this was not what you were focused on 11 plus years ago. Right. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So take, take us through. I mean, I know it, it, like everything, like it starts long before we were ever the adults that we are today, but we're, what's, what's the story with you? What led you to this point? Yeah. So um, for me, Brian, I, uh, you know, I, I, I come from uh, a low income immigrant background. And I, I was actually born in Chicago, but I grew up in Mexico till I was eight years old. And then I grew up in Southern California, right, in the L.A. area. And I, when I was 12, I was, I was in a car accident. I was hit by a car that broke my femur. And I was in the hospital for almost a month with a pin through my knee and a pulley so that because after my femur broke, it just popped to the side and dropped a little bit. And to realign it without surgery at that age, I was 12, they put a pin through my knee with a pulley so that I could pull it up and realign it. Wow. And so um, after being in that, you know, 
bed, hospital bed for 30 days, I ended up uh, getting in a cast from my stomach all the way down to my ankle for seven weeks, for seven additional weeks. And so I was, you know, uh, just laying flat <laughs> this whole time. And believe it or not, that was the easy part. The physical therapy was what was intense, man. Yeah. That was really painful. And so that to me, at that very young age, surviving that, coming back healthy. Um, and also at that time, we got the representation of an attorney that showed me what someone can do for somebody else, mm. especially, you know, a family like us who was an underdog, you know, we didn't have a lot. Yeah, unempowered, not a lot of financial resources. And uh, there was a lot of uncertainty, as yeah. I like to, to say, a lot of uncertainty in that period, financial uncertainty, uh, health uncertainty, uh, as to whether I was going to come back fully, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, that attorney provided us just awesome representation and really helped us through. And that's when I was just, I want to do that for others. Just something mm. clicked. And I, I really was uh, motivated to to follow that path. I didn't know what it would take. I didn't know what it required, you know, but I just wanted to be able to do that for others as well. And so I ended up going to Berkeley for undergrad. Um, and I majored in, in rhetoric and sociology there. And then I applied to law school at UC Davis Law School. And I went there for three years. And then I took the bar exam, which is an intensely stressful period. You're studying, you know, six to seven days a week for anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day, just week after week after week after week. And at the time when I took the exam, it was three days. So imagine just testing from nine to five for three days straight. You know, uh, when I when I when I um, learned that I had failed, it was such tough news, man. I, so I failed the exam the first time. As, and, as do a lot of people. So for, yes, <laughs> for people yeah, who don't it, know. Yeah it's, yeah, it's actually really common. It's really common, yeah. especially in, in, in states like California and New York, where it, it's particularly challenging, yeah. you know, um, and to just have to make the decision, do I do this again, you know, or do I give up now, right? But I had already put in so much energy, so much effort, three years of law school, you know, tried the exam once already, and I ended up um, giving it another shot, and I passed the second time. And then I started practicing law. What you know, what we were talking about earlier in terms of the um, you know the habits and and uh, the different uh, patterns, I developed the pattern of drinking. Mm. You know, in in uh, in law school, and sometimes we go and hang out Thursday nights. That's when like oh you know almost the, the, the school week's almost over. Let's let's go on Thursday night and have some drinks at, at the local bar. And then sometimes we go out on, on Tuesday night, let's just hang out, you know, new friends and this and that are in town or, or on Saturday, let's go, let's go, uh, you know, visit another uh, city and hang out over there. And so you use this as an outlet, mm -hmm. right? And in the legal profession, alcohol is the most common outlet, one yeah. of the most common outlets, right? And unfortunately, in the reason that we do that, unbeknownst to me at the time, is we're really not trying to process and um, manage and work through any past pain, whether it's emotional pain, you know, or any past suffering, emotional suffering, 
uh, we're just trying to numb it. You know, we're just trying to uh, suppress it, numb it, not deal with it, because there's just so many things, so many expectations, so many demands that we have to uh, rise up to and meet that we just don't have time to deal with this. So in the first, you know, seven to eight years, Brian, I, I didn't really take care of myself holistically. Mm. I continued these patterns. And actually, you know, somewhere around 40, 45% of, uh, of law students carry those patterns with them after they're done with law schools, those yeah. drinking patterns. And so um, back in 2015, uh, my my uncle on my mother's side her her oldest her eldest brother he passed away from heart surgery and uh he had a 50 50 shot of making it and he didn't come out of that surgery and then the following year uh, a really good friend of mine uh my godson's father he was having pain in his stomach and his um and his partner was um uh, you know, went to the store to get some uh, Alka-Seltzer for him, but it was actually him having a heart attack mm. and he passed away very suddenly. And, and that was, I was really, I mean, also very painful, uh, particular because it was so sudden, there was yeah. no expectation that this was going to happen. And my godson at the time was two years old. And so yeah. it was, it was really tough on all of us. And, um, what we wanted to, to do was, um, well, what I decided to do was I just took inventory. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, you know, um, if this is happening to my friend, what am I doing to really take care of myself? So then what I decided to do, Brian, was to commit myself to myself. Mm. I exercising at least two, three days a week, regardless of what is going on in my life professionally. This was something that I wanted to do, whether I had a trial because when you have a trial, Brian, you let go of everything. You yeah. let go of relationships. You let go of. You focus on just that, you know, and and that's no that's not a balanced way to live. And so I said, you know what, I'm gonna start with exercise, and I'm gonna make sure that no matter what's going on, I take the time to to reduce my stress through physical activity. So then I started doing that, and then I started noticing that I. I I really wasn't drinking anymore, you know. I reduced so you weren't that. Trying, you weren't trying to stop drinking. It naturally followed, or you were like, it, "I'm going to exercise and I'm not going to." No, it 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 started to to follow naturally because I was like, "Well, I can't I can't really go out and drink tonight because I'm gonna I'm, I want to exercise tomorrow, yeah, and I'm not going to be in the best of shape to really give it my all for that workout, right?" And so I just started switching my. It forced me to make decisions that I wasn't necessarily forced to make before. So you made exercise but, a pretty high priority. I did. Yeah, I did. That's that's where I started. You know, and this was back in 2016. And you know what started happening, Brian? I mean, the reason I think the fallout with alcohol as well was because then I started to increase it four days a week mm -hmm. and then five days a week, right? And last year in 2018. Um, I was, um, in July, I was going to, to turn 36. And so in, on June 1st, 2018, I committed to exercising. I wanted to end my, my 35th year strong and I wanted to start my 36th year strong. So I said, I'm going to commit to 35 minutes every single day of some form of movement or exercise every single day. And from June 1st through December 31st of last year, I exercised for 35 minutes, at least every single day. 
and I, it, it was, I mean, it's, it still is the healthiest I've ever felt, Yeah. you know? Um, and you know, if anything, maybe I'd have, if I did have a drink, it was like once a month and no more than like one drink or two drinks, that's it. So I really, in, in, I really turned it around from where I was before, you know yeah. what I mean? And so for me, what I wanted to do was show attorneys that are doing, <clears throat> show attorneys that are doing, you know, this really intense work that there's another way. Because once I started taking care of myself, Brian, that's when I really started to excel as an advocate, as an attorney for my clients. Because I was just on point. I was present. I was focused. I was going. I was motivated. I was motivating my clients. Even though we're in such a difficult situation, right, I was really there for them holistically, you know. and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily doing that before, you know? So, um, and that's what I do with my clients. I just try to show them a different way. That's so interesting to me, the way the one, the one initial decision for the better, the one conscious intentional decision started this chain reaction of, you know, maybe you thought about the drinking, maybe you didn't. It's like, I'm going to be healthier. And, and, you know, maybe subconsciously in the back of your mind, it's like, well, that means drinking less, but I'm sure you weren't like, I'm going to be a better attorney by exercising two days a week. But it, it I mean, I was just talking to someone today about uh, these, these tests people are doing on productivity and what makes us mm. more productive. And so they're trying all these different things. And one of them is to meditate for two hours a day. And, wow. and as we were talking about that, someone, someone else who's listening was like, oh my God, they get so little done. It's like, <laughs> no, they produce. It depends how you define productivity. Because if you think about it as efficiency, then you're looking at, you know, how, how much you're getting done per minute or something or how many tasks you're taking on. But if you look at it as what you're producing, their production went way up because their mind was more engaged in what they were doing when they were doing it. And more of the noise was taken out because to make time for two hours of meditation a day, that's a forcing mechanism that you have to clean out the stuff that doesn't matter. And the meditation itself had a mental benefit. But yeah. It's it's interesting that like it starts a chain reaction of better. And that's why like I always say to people, success begets success. Like uh-huh. you win your way to your ultimate goal. It's like just start with a few of these key changes. Don't worry about everything else that you have to change. Cause you'll find that as you start to change the cycle of your life and that pattern and the things you get into, whether it's someone else's choices or your own, uh-huh. you start to reshape things in a much more healthy, productive, positive way that you know, then it's like the sky's the limit from an opportunity standpoint. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that success, success begets success. You know, another thing that ended up happening too, now that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, it, and it was a really important piece was the reading that I started doing. I started reading what I needed to read for my own personal development, you know, and that got me also on a very different mindset track. Mm. And it started to help me believe that what was possible for others was possible for me when it came to wellness and health. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Did you, and you didn't, you didn't believe that before? I just, I didn't know that there was another way. Uh, So, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have that awareness. And so once I started to gain more awareness of the areas of my health that I wasn't nurturing, in particular, my emotional wellness. Yeah. You know, so I, I, you know, I realized that I wanted to go all in. So I just started researching. I started reading. I started working on myself very intently. Um, and, you know, one of the, the, the culminations of this was to really find peace with and within myself. 
you know, as a result of that, regardless of, of, I mean, I'm still very busy, you know, I'm not, I'm not litigating full time, but I feel like I went from, you know, boxing to MMA, you know, entrepreneurship is a whole different ballgame, man. Yeah. But it's just still, it's still like very intense and still requires a lot of energy, a lot of strategy. And so, um, I, I still have to, you know, these, these tools, they're still very important. You yeah. know what I mean? And I use them every day. So what, what specifically are you doing for yourself every day? So it's a variety of things. The first thing is, um, you know, some folks are not able to, when they first wake up, get into a meditation because they're like, oh, no, I can't do it for now. I'll fall right back asleep. It's like, well, look, first try to see if you can change that particular thought. Yeah. I fall back asleep when I first wake up. Try to see if you can change it. And, you know, and if you can't change it, you know, you don't want to do it later. Just try sitting up. Mm-hmm. I really try to meet people where they are. So if they don't want to go to another room even, just just try doing it laying down. Okay, if you right now believe that you fall back asleep and you can't change that particular belief, fine. Just sit up and yep. try to do it at that point. And, but what I do is, for me, once I'm up, Brian, I'm up. Yeah. I can't go back to sleep. That's just the kind of person. I'm a morning person. I'm not surprised and, about that at all. <laughs> and so I'm awake. And I decided to use that as an advantage, though. So I'm awake and laying down, I'll go for about 10 to 15 minutes. But originally, my question was, what am I grateful for? What are three things in my life that I'm grateful for? So when I started this meditation a couple of years ago, it was just like very uh, just basic, you know, like, well, I'm grateful for uh, my health. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for having a place to live in, you know, and it was just very, very, very uh, basic, very bare bones. But now over time, I started adding more things that I was grateful for because it became easier for me to think about. And every morning now what I do, I do 10 to 15 things that I'm grateful for that happened in my life yesterday. Okay. 10, 10 to 15 things that I'm grateful for that are going to happen in my life today. So you were part of that gratefulness meditation today. You know, Thank you. The fact that I was going to be on, on your podcast, I was very grateful for that. Um, and 10 to 15 things, 10 to 15 things that I'm grateful for that are going to happen in my life tomorrow. And what that does, it allows me to remain present in my life and be grateful for what's been going in, in, in the near term, you know, and that's one thing that I start in the morning. Then I, you know, I wake up and I journal, I journal for about anywhere from five to 15 minutes, depending on how much time, but I journal every morning because I love to reflect, record, repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's not that I'm recording every hour, you know, and jotting everything that happened, you know, on the hour by hour. But at least, you know, once a day, I like I like recording it so that I see the growth that I'm making, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I drink a couple glasses of water, you know, and I tell this to my clients. When you sleep at night, you 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 sweat, whether you realize it or not, you lose a lot of water. And so if you don't start your morning with a couple glasses of water, you are starting your day with in a dehydrated state mm-hmm. and it's not going to allow your brain to really function and go and focus and do all the court appearances, all the, the memorandums and points of authorities that you need to do. And that's not going to help anyone. Yeah. Right. So that's another thing. And then depending on what I have coming on. So for example, today I'm going to exercise later in the day, but sometimes I'll do exercise in the morning as well. And, and so exercise is another thing that I do still my 35 minutes per day. Yep. yep. And, um, and then at night, 
uh, if there is anything, I don't necessarily do this every day, but I start my day with gratitude and I end it with forgiveness. If there's anything that happened in my life that I need to forgive anyone for, I forgive because I don't like carrying it over to the next day. That turns into resentment. And resentment is uh, a limiting emotion. And it, it limits your ability to move forward with a certain aspect of your life. And so I, I work on letting it go. And it could be a friend. It could be even, you know, my, my wife. If there's something that, that hurt, you know, I just, I let it go. And, and I forgive. Is that a personal thing or do you reach out to them? Like, do you, do you do something to actually outwardly forgive them? Or you're just talking about how you're feeling inside? If it's, if it's with my my partner, if it's with my wife, a lot of times I'll have a conversation in terms of how a certain situation created certain emotions within me, and then we'll we discuss that, right? Yeah. Uh, if it's with somebody else that you know, maybe I just had a brief interaction. It'll depend. If it's something that's that's big, then I'm okay with having a conversation. You know. Yeah. Um, if it's something that you know what, uh, I'm, I'm uh, forgiveness. A lot of times is really more for ourselves to be able to move forward, right? Mm. And I, I've learned sometimes when I forgive that, you know, unless that person keeps doing it over and over again, um, uh, I'm okay with just forgiving myself and continuing on with my own positive energy, yeah. my own clean energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, ultimately, that's a good question though. Well, I mean, I, I see it that it's, it's situational and I definitely get that. But, um, the reason why I was asking is yes, it can be helpful in your relationship with the other person, but ultimately the, the thing, the feeling that that raises the need to forgive that's a personal thing mm -hmm. so you know your your anger towards them generally doesn't have an impact on them maybe in the moments that you're interacting but it's not costing them anything it's just about how you're feeling right so that <laughs> it is a very personal thing and so i shouldn't have said do you just do this like internally because it's not just like it's right. i don't want to diminish it that's actually that's where the real forgiveness needs to live yeah. Um, you know, whether you engage with the other person or not, that's, that's a different kind of discussion. That's about your relationship dynamic, really. Um, mm -hmm. But the forgiveness is a very personal thing. Yeah, I, I think that's, that hits the nail on the head, Brian. I think that's, that's completely right. And that's why I do it, because um, I like starting, you know, my mornings with a, with a clean canvas. Yeah. A lot of times people don't realize that, but throughout the day, you know, you have, or throughout the weeks and years, you've had a canvas and people throw paint on it. They throw all kinds of you know, colors and designs and this and that. Sometimes not they're not even your own. And so I like to clear my canvas and make sure that what's going on there is something that I'm painting, something that I'm creating for my day. And so that's that's an analogy that I that I like to use. And um, I really pay attention to not just you know we talk about limiting beliefs, but I really like to pay attention to limiting emotions. You know, mm. like fear, self doubt, and uh, you know, anger is one where you can use. Um, depending on whether you know how to use it or not. Like in my work doing a lot of uh, emotional wellness masterminds, I, you know, I teach there's, there's a lot of different types of anger, you know, like righteous anger looks very different from uh, just, uh, you know, blow up anger, you know, mm -hmm. blow up anger is like somebody cuts you off on the freeway and, oh, you know, aggressive anger, right? That's very different from, oh, I feel like an, you know, that was unjust and injustice was done to me and I want to move forward with some sort of, uh, um, you know, action that will, um, correct that. And mm -hmm. so it, it's just very different. And if you learn how to, it's, you know, differentiate between them and really develop what's called emotional granularity, 
you know, and, and really, wait, I'm feeling anger, but what kind of anger is it? Then your body will process those very differently and different mechanisms will kick into place. And so the more you learn how to do that, the more you're able to just, um, you know, master your emotions and master your day. And I think that's, for me, it's it's been a game changer in terms of really finding and fostering like the emotions that are really difficult to foster for people, joy, excitement, you know, self-love, all those things are, it's the things that shouldn't be, they shouldn't be hard for us, but they are. Yeah. They are, Brian. Oh, that's the irony. And, yeah. And, you know, so, yeah. I don't want to push you if you're not, if you're not comfortable going there, but I'm curious about your cultural backstory and, and the, the environment you grew up in and how that plays into or doesn't play into the path that you had and the things you struggled with versus where you've come out to and what, what you've had to do to recognize and overcome or what things that, what gifts you were given from childhood, so to mm -hmm. speak, that set you up for being able to come into this place today. Oh man, that's, that's a beautiful question. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, to share, you know, my own, my own personal backstory. I think, I think it's important to open up. It's important to be vulnerable in that way. And I'll start with the gifts. You know, I, you know, I, I was taught to work hard. I was taught to persevere. I was taught to maintain hope in the face of adversity. I was taught to not give up, you know, and I think that those come in very handy, you know, whether it's you're trying to uh, uh, just apply yourself and, and become really focused on a professional goal, right? But one, some of the things that I wasn't necessarily taught or, or I was taught, for example, the definition of how a man should be, mm. you know, it's not necessarily a definition that meshed well with who I was as a person. I think what's happened a lot nowadays, we confuse what a man is supposed to be, and we tie that in with being human. So a human has emotions, a human feels, a human processes those emotions, a human has that component of emotional capacity. So I grew up without that, right? I wasn't taught like, hey, listen, when you feel anger, when you feel uh, sad, <clears throat> it's okay to cry. I was taught the opposite. Mm. It's like, hey, you know, be strong, you know, uh, be a man, don't cry, you know? And so for me, what that created was an inability to be able to process my emotions and a real inability to cry, mm. a real inability to express what I was feeling. And so you grow up that way, you get into a relationship, and you are emotionally unavailable, or as I like to call it, emotionally constipated, you know, and, and, you're, not, <laughs> and you're not able to, um, you know, work through any sort of um, difficult emotions that, that, that you need to, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of times, uh, particularly in doing the high-performance coach that I, that I do, I notice that this is a pattern that a lot of men have, you know, some women do as well, but um, I find it more common with men. And I've talked to men, they're like, yes, Fernando, that's exactly what I feel too. You know, like I, I don't feel, you know, in, yeah. in certain situations or I'm not able to express it. And so um, 
for me, that's something that I decided, you know, to take a really hard look at my own masculinity, my own definition of masculinity and of being a man. I can I can be strong and I can be courageous, but I can also be sensitive as heck. Yeah. You know, and I and I and I for many years disregarded that sensitivity component of myself. And it's helped me become a much better attorney. It's helped me become a much better person too. You know, I mean, first person yeah. and then attorney. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's ironic because the career that you went into is one that also has that, you know, emotion is weakness. Don't show your weakness. Don't show that you're hurting. Don't show that, you know, any of those things because that's where the other side's going to find their in and they're going to get you. And right. so it's like, you know, you, you're, you're raised <laughs> with that sort of sense. And then, um, you know, it's like we talked about for me to be a consultant means I'm paid to foster my anxiety to look for problems and think everything's going to go wrong. So like my career was rewarding me for being worse. Yeah. And, and in a sense, yours was too. It's like, you know, if, if you want to fit the mold and you want to be a successful attorney, you have to turn that off. You have yeah. to, you know, you have to say no to those feelings. And, and you found the opposite. Yeah, I really did, because that's exactly what I was taught. I was taught that in order to be an effective attorney, you have to have some some level of um, aggressiveness, mm -hmm. some level of cynicism, uh, some level of, um, yeah, I mean, I think just uh, a, a, a bit of a, a pit bull, especially if you want to do you know, trial work and litigation yeah. and you get, you know, discovery propounded on you, you propound discovery and et cetera, et cetera. You know, Even there's the some word love... propound. I don't, I don't know that regular <laughs> non-attorneys use that, but it's got pound in it. It's propound. It's for pounding oh, things. Like that's I'm not gonna, good. I'm going to propound you, you know? Yeah. I'm anti-pound. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. But, you know, um, but what I realized once I started taking care of myself was like, wow, I know more about how my opposing counsel feels than how my opposing counsel knows how she or he is feeling. Yeah. And then I started using that to my advantage in a very real way. And that's how I was able to resolve a lot of cases. Or even if I went to trial in the courtroom, I had my own strategies to remain calm, yeah. remain at peace and be able to outperform the other side. That's why I don't, I don't focus too much on productivity, I focus on performance. How, what are the highest levels of performance that you can give me? Because, um, that's 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 really what what I do. I help you clear out whatever you know. Um, again, limiting beliefs or emotions you have, so that you can reach those high levels of performance and excel in, in ways that you never thought possible. I yeah. never I never have my clients try to go for perfection because perfection is is just not healthy you know yeah. but um excellence is really what we strive for you know just try to do your very best and and next time try to do it even better and just you know when you look back in, in, with that formula yeah. you know if you take small smart steady steps and you try to improve on a pre previous version of yourself and you look back there for, after a few weeks a few months you're like wow who, who was that person back there yeah yeah I think this is a really tricky one because in, I mean, I don't want to just make this about attorneys, but obviously that's, that's the space we're talking about, but there are analogs elsewhere. I can certainly yeah. see the same thing being true of like a military career or law enforcement or anything else where it's not authoritarian, but 
uh, structure, discipline, hierarchy, you know, are really strong. You know, maybe like a big Rigid. corporate. Yeah. Um, people who are listening who are like, you guys don't know what you're saying. That's the path to success. I just need to hang in there for X number of years and look around me. All the role models I have are, you know, semi or complete alcoholics who are stress cases, who are angry, miserable, but you know, they've got six homes and all these luxury cars and they're in a terrible marriage and, you know, like all the, the hallmarks of like the TV success, whatever. Um, that's, that's what I'm headed for. So why don't you be quiet with all this stuff? And I'm just going to keep being miserable <laughs> and drinking too much and, you know, putting on weight and being unhappy because that's the path to success. And then when I'm 60 something, I can retire a multimillionaire and it's all good. Yeah. So like, I get that. I don't, I can't, I can't see the attractiveness of it, but I get that some people might, but what you're saying is they're succeeding in spite of that. And, and it's success as defined by a certain bar, but not necessarily as defined by the one that's inside of you, if you're willing to look at it. And that's probably it is it's scary to look at that because then it makes you question where you're at, what you're doing, and maybe makes you have to make some tough decisions about those things that other people may, we talked about, like, you know, if you don't go to the bar do you hate your coworkers? You know, what's mm -hmm. wrong with you? Or you can get made fun of for, I used to get made fun of cause I'd have water and it's all anyone could talk about. And it's like, why do you care what I'm drinking or not drinking? It's like, what yeah. is it telling you about yourself? But it's, yeah. it's a point of discomfort for people. And it's a question of whether they're willing to face that or not. I think, I think you bring us up such uh, an important point because a lot of times we try to fit the mold of what others expect us to fit. And that happens if you don't, create a mold of what you want to mm. of who you want to be and unless you do that you will not love yourself for who you are you will love yourself for what you do mm -hmm. and i think it's so important to move to a place where you actually have love for yourself for the person that you are not what you do yeah and that's something that i've learned in a very personal and real way i've learned to develop and foster self-love for the person that i am and how i serve others you know, instead of just what I do, you know, the, the Fernando, you know, that's, that's on this podcast is, you know, centered, grounded, positive, authentic, patient, you know, fearless. Um, and those are the values that I've chosen to live from, yeah. you know what I mean? But I think um, until you make time to really reflect, you know, who it is that you want to be. Uh, we tend to live from a place of valuing ourselves on the achievements that we make. And that's a never ending wheel of, mm. you know, just, okay, I succeeded, I achieved this, then the high of that dissipates, and then you've got to achieve the next thing. And, and you'll never accept yourself, right? Yeah. Just always doing that. And so I've learned to accept myself. And I help my clients reach, uh, move away from self defeating self talk. And I help them move to self-empowerment through self-awareness, self-regulation, self-responsibility, self-management, because there's a lot of self there, yeah. right? And in order to be selfless, sometimes what I think we've lost is that in selfless, it doesn't mean just giving all of yourself. There's a real component of nurturing yourself, right? And the self gets lost in the selflessness sometimes. And what I've seen. Um, but I think you're right. A lot of this applies in a lot of different professions. I actually work with professionals outside of the legal profession because they've come to me, you know, as, as uh, uh, you know, uh, computer science graduates are now, you know, 
uh, high level, working in high level tech companies and the stress level there is really high. They got to yeah. perform really quickly yeah. and their actions impact millions. You know, um, I have executive directors of non-legal nonprofits as well that are, are coming to me and, and like, hey, man, I have to manage a team of 50 people and, and I've never done this before. I need some support. And so there's a lot of other, you're right, there's a lot of other spaces um, in, you know, where, where that stress shows up in very high levels. But um, one of the things that, that I like to encourage folks to think about is to really think about what does success mean to you? Think of your own definition. Like if the six houses and the four Lamborghinis, gold watches, that's what you want, go out there and get it, you know? And, and know that you can do it in a healthy way. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't have to, you know, beat your body up to, to, to achieve it. You know, you, you can get relatively okay sleep and just get out there and, and achieve those goals. Look, um, in, in one year, you know, I launched my company, I launched my podcast, I wrote my first ebook. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I, I launched my first conference in San Francisco and I did it while taking care of my health. You know what I mean? I, I, I was able to, in a very real way, overcome fears and self-doubt, talk to my fears and self-doubts, and not allow them to stymie what I wanted to accomplish. And I did it in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, I, I exercised last year the most that I ever have in my life. So there's always to that, you know, um, to that example of somebody who's achieved success, a counterbalance. So find the counterbalance that you want for yourself. You know what I mean? And yeah. so um, I think that's, that's, really, that's really important. And until you define what success means. Look, last year, I'm not a millionaire, a millionaire, okay? But last year, I was able to take a trip to India for six weeks. I went to India. And for me, um, one of the things that I took away from it that was so important that I had been doing on some level, but they, it just added, you know, a, a little bit of structure in a very simple way. It was suspend the ego, yeah. live, live from your spirit, quiet the mind, and nourish your body. So simple. But that's, that's, that's it. That's what, you know, folks focus on in, in many ways in, in, uh, in India and, I mean, all over the world, right? These are these are teachings that are thousands of years old. And when I when I went to um, an ashram and I heard this talk, and those were really the things that that give us uh, a sense of fulfillment. I was like, no, I'm I'm going all in. You know, yeah. I'm gonna make sure that I, I I stay in touch with my ego. And hey, wait a minute, you're you're getting a little uh, out of hand there. We gotta make sure you tone it down and. I have those talks with myself, you know, mm -hmm. usually I have more than one voice going on in my head and we all do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What, uh, before I, I give the whole, where can people find you and, and let you, uh, you know, do, do the, uh, the marketing spiel. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm conscious that there are a number of practices that you've talked about here. If someone's not in the, this place yet, what's mm -hmm. something that they should start with to start to reframe their mindset? Is there, is there a, something that that you think everyone can pick up right now that helps them move forward yeah i mean i think there's a couple of things the, the first one uh you know and the other thing that i didn't mention was since i got back from india before india i used to 
do meditation two, three days a week. Now I do at least 10 minutes a day because it's just so important to, to just quiet your mind. Right. And so, um, but I also realized Brian in working with a lot of clients and I don't know what your thoughts are on this or what your experience has been, but if sometimes there's been situations where my clients are very, their nervous system is just very, 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 um, strung out. It's very, um, very active yeah and it's difficult to get to a meditative place from there so sometimes i have to take a step back and help reduce the stressors or help them uh, provide them tools to reduce the stressors so that they can then work towards a meditative state and sometimes i i propose meditation and then just 10 minutes a day can be stressful for someone that has so much to do yeah you know it's like, oh my yeah. gosh i have to have 10 minutes of this in my day how am i even going to fit it you know what i mean it can be very stressful. So I've learned to just first uh, uh, analyze where the person is. So mm-hmm. if you feel that meditation is something that you want to try out, you know, start small. And whether it's the gratefulness meditation in the morning, right, or a midday meditation to break your day, uh, it could be a, a, a gratitude the gratitude meditation, that's something that I recommend for everybody. Mm. I mean, when you start fostering gratitude in your life for, for the things that you have, you really do change your perspective. Yeah, you do. You know, and so I think that's something that, that is really important. And a lot of successful people, they, they do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, another, another um, uh, I think, important resource is take a look at Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Um, it's, it's a book that really gets into what emotional intelligence is and how it can help you, you know, how you can develop self-awareness, uh, how it can benefit you with like just inner peace, inner harmony, uh, inner self-acceptance, uh, how to look at emotional patterns that you are having. And one tool that I created as a result of that is as an attorney, I ask a lot of questions in depositions. I used to ask a ton of questions, you know, sometimes not proud of saying it, but sometimes I, I used to make people cry, you know, like that was part of the job sometimes. Yep. That's that's the kind of environment that we we get we get taught in and taught to do. Um but this particular question, why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? It's a really important self-awareness question. And yeah. it sounds heavy, and I have to be honest with you, it's more than one question. It's three questions. Yeah. But why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? So start with what am I feeling? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and after you figure out and label the particular emotion and you have self-awareness of the emotion, then talk about then try to figure out what is the environment that you're feeling it. That's when you feel it. So think through what is the environment that you're feeling it in and then ask yourself, why am I feeling it? A lot of times you'll start seeing patterns of you feeling certain emotions in certain situations. And then you got to start asking, why am I feeling those? A lot of times it's because of past experiences. You don't like when somebody talks to you in that tone because it reminds you of when you were a kid or something like that. You know, so that question for me is something that I still use, you know, and um, it's allowed me to really minimize, limit uh, close to eliminate feelings of frustration, mm-hmm. irritability, impatience, you know, and it's a very powerful uh, strategy. So I'll leave you with those couple of tips. That's, I really like that. Well, I like that question and I'm sure there's a lot of frustration that comes with trying to answer it at times. So that's, that's, <laughs> kind of, that's a good question. And I can imagine that goes really hand in hand with that forgiveness 
process that you go through at night because that helps you realize why are you feeling this way? Well, it's because I'm holding anger towards this person or around this event or, you know, this thing that was done to me, so to speak. Yeah. And it helps exactly. you figure that out. It does. And at first I, you're 100% correct. There is some frustration and you trying to answer that question, but I saw the own process that I needed to engage in. And this, this is a process that question. It, it puts you on a path to look within, yeah. you know what I mean? This might not be a process that works for everybody, but I have to tell you everybody that I have worked with where I have them ask this question ends up developing a deeper level of self-awareness, emotional oh, sure. awareness. Yeah. So, Good. I like it. All right. Fernando, where can people find out more about you? Get get into your stuff and take more of your brilliance. All right. Thanks, Brian. No pressure. So <laughs> well, um, if you if you want to reach out to me, the the best way is through my email. So I am a T E R N O W at gmail.com. I matter now spelled with one T. Um at gmail.com. Again, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W at gmail.com. You can also, uh, well, at gmail.com. And then you can also just go to my website, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W.com and get more information about what I do. You can you can reach out to me from there from my contact page as well. Um, I have a podcast um, you can you can find from uh, the imatternow.com page as well, Attorney Heart. Um, or if you Google Fernando Flores, Attorney Heart, um, it'll, it'll come up as well in the various means, but, uh, you can get it all from my website. And so that's, that's the best way to, to connect with me. Awesome. I'll be sure to link to all of that in the, uh, in the show notes for the episode. Awesome. Bro. Uh, Fernando, it means a lot to me having you on and, and sharing your journey. And, uh, I've certainly taken some things, the, um, I, I'll just call it out. The gratitude uh, that's not new to me. I've heard about that. I've been doing that. You know, we, I've told a number of people that's part of my son's bedtime routine. We all go around and we Beautiful. say what we're thankful for. And you ha you can't, there's no cop outs. You can't be like, uh, can you go instead? Everyone has to, <laughs> has to say something. Um, but this notion of the 10 to 15 from yesterday, 10 to 15 that will happen today and 10 to 15 for, I love that because it creates that forward movement, that intentionality, that um, sense that there's possibility all around us. And it's not just, you know, people, Think about, oh, all the things I have to do today. Well, hang on. There's a lot you're going to be thankful for today and not just wow. today. I love that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust my gratitude process to think that way. Awesome. Uh, very, very cool. And, and the forgiveness piece. Uh, I, I have a feeling that's one of the most powerful things a lot of us could do for ourselves because we carry a whole heck of a lot of anger towards others, non-forgiveness towards others for things that that's not doing anything to them. It's just limiting us. And uh, yeah. so that's, that's great advice. Awesome, Brian. So thank you for all that. You ready to help me close things up? Yeah, I'm ready, yeah. Brian. Let's do it. All right, man. <laughs> Today is a new day. Go out and do it. Oh, that's perfect. Thanks, Fernando. <laughs> awesome, Brian. Great connecting with you. What an awesome guy. I love Fernando and his message. And those tips, those tools, the questions... Those are incredible, and they're so applicable for so many of us in so many situations. Actually, probably in all situations for all of us, but maybe some of you have a little bit of disbelief, and so you want to go in with that disbelief. It's okay, but just give it a try. Um, the tips and the tools he gives, meditation, 
uh, committing to wellness of some kind, you know, whether that means exercise or eating better or what, but making it a non-negotiable. And what you find is when you take the decision-making out of it and you just do it, you start to actually bring decision-making back in to do more of it because you like where it's taking you. You know, he shared that with the exercise choices, that idea of like when you wake up to get up and, and go work out or, you know, do whatever to get your day going, to take that action that you were committed to taking and you're tired and you don't want to get up. He's like, just choose differently. Think differently. Like don't allow yourself to keep that pattern. Say, no, I'm going to have a different thought and get up. Um, I do this every single day cause I'm kind of a morning person. I, I say kind of now, like I'm tired. I am a morning person. But I'm also really tired, and you know, when I wake up, I would much rather just stay in bed. But I also don't want to give up on the achievements I know I can have in this day. And uh, hearing Fernando put that into his context and his message, just it almost resonates even more for me, the importance of it, but also the value and the capability we all have to make that choice. So super cool. Um, if you're in San Francisco, I think there's still a couple of tickets left for I Matter Now. 2019 I Matter Now conference. Um, you definitely need to go check that out. It's a pretty incredible thing. We can all grow from it. Um, and uh, yeah, just just such a such a cool, powerful person with a cool, powerful message. And he's totally committed to delivering it. So if you're in San Francisco, August 17th, San Francisco Hyatt Regency, uh, go check out the I Matter Now conference. It's going to be myself, uh, Carolyn Colleen, who is unreal. I'm interviewing her while we're in San Francisco together. Uh, she and I spoke at an event. Um, gosh, she is unbelievable. What do you hear her story? Uh, Casey Berman, Sam and Patrick Cullinane. Uh, just great event. And of course, Fernando as well. Um, very, very cool stuff. I hope that people make it out there. If you come, please do find me and say hi. I'd love to see you. I go on just after lunch. And yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully I get to see some of you there. With that, I will close the episode. Go check out imatternow.com. And it's matter with one T, not two. Um, he and I actually talked about that before recording. I should have put that in the show too, but I'll leave it for you guys to wonder why there's only one T. And uh you know, check him out, check out what Fernando's doing, subscribe to his podcast, whether you're an attorney or not, it's really valuable stuff, the Attorney Heart podcast. Um, yeah, check him out and head over to brianfalchuk.com, doadaybook.com, get more of what this whole show is about in lots of different ways, whether it's articles or um, the book itself. If you haven't read Do A Day, sign up because the 50-75-100 solution, my next book is coming out later this year and that's the best way to stay on top of it make sure you know when it's coming out it's going to be out in audiobook ebook print the whole nine um, but you got to stay on top to find out when that is if you have relationships in your life which literally everybody does you need to get the book it's all about how we can make those relationships better whether they're good or not they can still be better they can be more productive more uh, supportive more beneficial to both sides of the equation. So the 50-75-100 solution coming out in just a few short months. So sign up for the updates so you don't miss that. Okay, I'm going to end there. Have a great day. Go out and do it.